Welcome everybody. I'm all around the world. Welcome to this podcast. Escaping the entanglements of our lives. You got yours. And I've got mine. I'm your host. I'm Dolphus Q. I'm the originator and the creator of this podcast. Our lives, yours and mine, are easily entangled with things, both real and imaginary. Some of these things are benign, and some are malignant, and they all can control our behavior, the way we act, the way we think, the way we do the things we do. Someone wrote that most men live their lives in quiet desperation. I say everyone lives their lives in a web of entanglements. Think of the fly. Caught in the spider's web. Think of the spider stuck on the frog's tongue. (laughs) While neither of those entanglements are desirable, at least to me, I think from all our entanglements, we can be free. Some of our entanglements are physical restraints. Some of those entanglements we have No control over, really. Stuff happens. Things happen. To people all around the world. But I maintain we can escape our entanglements. Simple as shifting our senses. If you're following this podcast, I hope you are. You know, this podcast is my way of escaping one of the entanglements of my life. As you know, I'm reading and writing my book before your very ears. (laughs) And you can reach me at DolphusQ at yahoo.com or qdolphus at gmail.com 
We'd love to hear from you. Let us know how you are dealing with your own entanglements. But now, as the walrus said, the time has come for the reading of the word. Episode 11, chapter 11, Exodus from God's country. The horn alerted the dogs sleeping under the shade and shadows of the oak trees. They began to bark as they rushed up to the gates and formed a canine line of defense. Each dog stood on his hind legs with his paws on the gate rail and each dog threatened to bite and dared as they continued their canine cacophony. cacophony. <laughs> I have one dog remained chained but barked as excitedly as the others as it ran in a circle around a stake driven into the ground. Man, these dogs could wake up the dead, Jimmy said, as if afraid to step a foot forward towards the fence. He stood as still as if he was too frightened to move. Willie James stood his ground too. Then he yelled like a Tarzan in a jungle movie, which increased the volume of the cacophony at the gates. Uncle George, Uncle George, it's me, Willie James. Hey, Uncle George. After a few impatient moments without a response, Willie James took a cautious step closer to the gates. The line of barking dogs hurriedly pushed their heads over the gate rail. Jimmy stopped where Willie James stood like he was taking his last stand. I know he's in there, he said, then yelled like Tarzan again. I can see by the chain wrapped around the gate. It's not locked. He only locks it when he leaves. Only Uncle George could unwrap that chain without bitten fingers. And if someone managed to trespass through those gates, those dogs will eat them alive, especially the one that's chained under the tree. Uncle George feeds him raw meat. Jimmy focused his sights over the fence to where the chain dog continually barked and pulled against the chain. Close by, he noted a small camper, slightly obscured from view by a path of young trees. 
The camper looked like it had been outside for years. The top was covered with branches, leaves, and patches of dark green, black moss. The factory colors on the body had faded and lost their luster, which was hidden over by a transparent black haze and rust spots. Jimmy suddenly spotted a head peeping from the rear of the camper. I see somebody there, Jimmy whispered to Willie James. Hey, Uncle George, it's me, Willie James. I'm here to get my ride. Jimmy saw the image of a man emerged from the shadows at the front of the camper. The first thing Jimmy noticed was the rifle he held in his hand. The barrel was long and aimed at any intruder at the gates. He unshouldered the rifle and set it against the side of the camper before he made his way to the fence, yelling at the dogs as he did so. Get back! Get back! Get on back! All of the dogs were obedient, and the only dog barking was the one chained to the stake. It kept barking, although it stopped pulling the chain. Boy, I just got my gun, he grinned and began to unravel the chain. Uncle George looked like he was in his 60s. He wasn't as tall as Willie James, but he looked thicker and physically stronger. He looked as if he had been at work on an automobile. His clothing were greasy and black as were the tip of his fingers. Uncle George, I want you to meet my partner, Dr. Hawk. He's from Chicago. Uncle George bore a strong resemblance to Lee Hunt. He had the same dark piercing eyes. When he smiled, Jimmy noticed some of his teeth were missing. So you're from Chicago. Well, young man, I know this is a whole lot different than what you are used to seeing, but how you like it out here in God's country? This was Jimmy's first time being deep into a rural area. It looked isolated, primitive, and too far removed from modern-day comforts. He saw some guineas and chickens scratching in the dirt. Well, it's different, I suppose it's okay, but I sure wouldn't want to live out here in God's country all by myself. Uncle George laughed, then turned his eyes upon Willie James. Like I told Turner, she's ready to roll. Also said to tell you to bring some scratch, because right now I'm too poor to pay attention to anybody except some dead presidents. Well, Willie James started slowly. You know, Uncle George, you, you never, uh, um, you never uh, 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 um, gave me a, a prize. 
You just said, get her out of here, and I'll get her running. And she's running, countered Uncle George. He looked up at the leaves and the hanging moss from one of the many oak trees. He rubbed his chin. He hadn't shaved. There was gray stubble of tiny hairs. He looked back at Willie. But I didn't see, he continued, all I had to do to get that old car to run. The clutch was shot. The starter was fired. The battery was run down. There was water in the gas tank. And you had a bad disconnection somewhere in the pistol range. Willie James looked down at his feet and kicked the sand. It was that bad. I'm not out to cut your throat, continued Uncle George, but I need money now. Son, you got to have $50 if you want that forward. I ain't cutting no slack this time. I got to have 50 if you want that forward. Right now. Willie James looked up smiling. Jimmy looked like he couldn't believe how ridiculously low $50 sounded for all that work. Willie James reached into his pocket and pulled out two 20s and a $10 bill. Uncle George accepted the money with a smile. He put the bills into the wallet, which was stuffed with papers. The sight of the wallet triggered a memory of Joe Grimes. Well, let's go and get her on the road, Uncle George said as he led the way to what seemed like a twisting trail around piles of wrecked automobiles in various stages of deterioration. Chicken and guineas ran from hiding places as they walked past. Jimmy was concerned about snakes. Uncle George assured him that snakes were bound to be present in God's country. Jimmy walked cautiously with one eye scanning the ground. Some of the vehicles they walked past appeared hidden in thick weeds and flowering bushes. The path was by no means straight. It swerved and curved past a hog pen which announced its presence to Jimmy before they reached it. What is that smell? Where is it coming from? It's coming from the hog pen said Uncle George. Jimmy had never seen a live hog or a hog pen and wanted to investigate. Willie James and Uncle George followed him through the fence that blocked off the pen. The hogs ran up to the fence, squealing, snorting, and grunting. They think it's feeding time, said Uncle George. How many you got now, Uh, Willie James asked. Too many, chuckled Uncle George. I got to get rid of some of these hogs. It's a full-time job keeping them fed. Jimmy noticed the ground around the hog pen was littered with empty donut boxes. He saw two 55-gallon drums, one set on the ground, and the other was on concrete blocks and black smoke that came from the wood that burned beneath it. It brimmed with 
a slop waiting to be fed to the hog. Is there anything a hog will not eat, Jimmy asked. Well, I keep these well fed, Uncle George said. So these hogs of mine might be a little finicky or never got hungry enough, but the only thing I haven't seen them eat is raw onions and citrus fruit. I know they'll eat snakes, Willie James chimed in like he was a witness to such an event. Oh, my God, yes, declared Uncle George. Even a rattlesnake with a mouthful of venom wouldn't stand a chance in that pen. They turned away from the pen and walked into a swarm of honeybees. Uncle George told them not to, sw- not to swing at the bees, that they were after the sugar in those donut boxes. They finally reached the car. It was parked in a grassy, greasy clearing between two shade trees. The ground beneath the tires was scattered with twos and and an array of automotive parts. The hood was up on the car, a 1956 Ford Fairlane Crown Victoria, Its two-tone factory paint job of red and white had lost every bit of its factory luster. The body had minor dents and plenty of scratches and rust spots, spots of rust. Uncle George walked over to the open hood and gathered up some wrenches from a group on the inside of the fender. Then he got to his knees, turned over on his back, and scooted beneath the car. When he finished whatever he was doing, he scooted out and stood up with the wrenches in his hand. I put a new passing gear in that transmission. Hit that gear, she gonna fly. He bent over the engine with a screwdriver, did some turning, then sat an air filter over a full-barrel Harley carburetor. You know, somebody switched out this engine. It's a V8, not a straight six. It took some tangling, but I got her tuned, and she is nothing but the truth. You patch up these dents and give her a new paint job, and boy, you got yourself something. Now, if it was me, I'd switch out that full-barrel carburetor. It's a gasoline drinking machine. One barrel on this V8 will do just as well. And in the long run, save money on gasoline. Now I got her tuned just right. Just a light tap on the pedal is all you need. And any more pressure says eat my dust. Uncle George slammed the hood and Willie James laughed. He hurried to the car and switched on the ignition. The starter turned over, but the engine didn't crank. Pull out the choke, Uncle George said, sounding unconcerned. Willie James pulled out the choke and tried again. The engine started instantly. He grinned and turned on the windshield wipers, turned on the turn signals, the radio, and blew the horn, and then he shifted gears 
tap the accelerator to gun the engine and tuck off, spinning the rear tires, kicking up dirt and scattering flying chicken and guineas everywhere. <coughs> Jimmy and Uncle George watch, he said. That boy's a damn fool. Jimmy's eyes scanned his surroundings. A junkyard of wrecked cars, piles of automotive parts from front bumpers to rear ends. He wanted to know if any of the cars worked. Some of them would with a little work, <coughs> Uncle George said, but mostly they are wrecks that I sell for parts. Willie James returned to where the car had been parked. He got out of the Crown Victoria grinning and praising. <coughs> Uncle George, you did a great job. I bet she ain't run like that since the day she left the factory. She'll run better without a fool behind the wheel. <clears throat> Willie James stopped grinning. Oh, shucks, Uncle George, I was just testing her out. It looks more like showing off to me, said Uncle George. Look here, son. I got this Ford humming in top-notch shape. She'll travel from California to here. On nothing but water and gasoline. But the oil has to circulate before you stick it to her. The way you are driving, you will throw a rod as sure as we are standing here. Willie James dropped his head. Okay, Uncle George, you are right. I know I'm right. I was working on cars before you was born, and you know what? I made a lot of mistakes, and sometimes I repeated those mistakes before I got wise. Willie James looked uncomfortable, like he didn't want to hear anymore. He looked at Jimmy. Dog, I'm ready to head back. Head back, cried Uncle George. You just got here. I'm ready to sit down and eat something myself. I haven't eaten anything since this morning. And then just a donut and a cup of coffee. Don't you guys want to sit down and eat something? I got some turkey fried chicken and biscuits too. There was plenty to eat and just enough space at the table for the three of them. Uncle George had made a pitcher of iced tea that was very sweet. He lived alone in the camper and spoke of finding a wife and of his daily prayer to God that God would send him a woman. <laughs> he asked if Willie James planned to marry Josephine. He told him that he should marry her, settle down and quit living the life he lived. Willie James didn't hesitate to point out that Uncle George hung around the bus stations looking for stranded women in need of fast financial help from a friendly stranger. Uncle George laughed like he had been caught red-handed. He told stories about having once been a preacher and about working in puck wood and dipping, and dipping turpentine until Willie James noted the time. He stood up and looked at Jimmy. 
Doc, it's time to make a move. Uncle George, I'm ready to roll. Uncle George walked them back to the gates. The dogs rest peacefully in the shade and the shadows cast by the oak trees as he unwind the chain and open the gates. He held a gate open. The Crown Victoria drove cautiously through, moving slowly and farther forward with each revolution of the tires. When the last tire had cleared the gates, Uncle George paused and peered, then certain, suddenly waved a hand. He yelled out something. Willie James spotted him growing distant in the rear view mirror, waving goodbye. He honked the horn and turned into the thickets. <laughs> and now we have reached the end of another episode of escaping the entanglements of our lives. I say goodbye to everybody all around the world and ask you to join us next Thursday for another episode. So long, everybody. <laughs>